Hi, Ty. Top of the morning to you. <clears throat> oh my god, it is almost St. Patrick's Day now, isn't it? it? Is it not today? Well, no, I, I thought the 17th was St. Patrick's Day. Am I high? Uh, um, well, maybe. You're listening to Just One of the Guys, where thankfully we don't have the mother issues that our story's heroines do. Welcome to another episode of Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast hosted by the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Hi there, my name is Sean Engel, and this episode, which is going to be episode 108, we're going to be covering, obviously, issue 108 of Green Lantern. And this one is an interesting one. If you remember last issue, Kyle Rayner realized that the best person that would be a Green Lantern replacement for him while he goes off into space to star in a prestige format book would be his new girlfriend, Jade. And in this issue, we get to see the first encounter with Jade being a Green Lantern, and she gets the help of a certain other female character in the DC Universe, Wonder Woman, to tag along with her. It's an interesting story, and because a friend of mine, who you may know from another podcast that I did, is a big fan of this storyline, and especially the character of Jade, I decided to have him along for the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege to welcome, to the first time to this show... (laughs) Mr. Jay Ferguson, the co-host of Just One of Them There Guys. How's it going tonight, Jay? All right, I am uh, ready to go. I got, I got my, I got my Jade T-shirt on. That is actually a thing that I have. They actually have. Uh, uh, tell me, yeah, you didn't no, I, a hot topic. No, uh, no, no, no. I got it. From, I forgot somewhere, but okay. but no, it's like it's it's not it's like graffiti designs. It's got like um, oh, cool. it's got like an Adam Hughes drawing of Jade like flying at the. At the viewer, and it's got a little. Uh, that's very nice. Adam Hughes is, is an awesome artist. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, we may have something to say about that. But yeah, we're covering Green Lantern number 108 this time out. And as usual, after I take this little podcast promo break, we'll be back to get into our coverage of the book. So stay tuned, folks. We'll be back here in just a few. Enterprise, a proper shakedown. I would say it's time for that, sir. I. 
poetess drama unfolds, we give welcome to the ones named Kirk and Spock. You! What planet is this? Which one of you is the captain? Do we violate the treaty, Captain? Sir, someone is stealing the Enterprise. What are you scratching at? Humans make illogical decisions. Distraction sequence completed and engaged. No! Yes, I found Mr. Spock. I'm talking to Mr. Spock. You understand? every episode of the classic original TV series in randomly selected order on the second Monday of every month at twotruefreaks.com. Just once in a lifetime does a podcast come along that pushes the boundaries of the medium that redefines what it is to be an internet radio broadcast that touches us, reaches into us, inspires us, teaches us, that causes us to re-examine just who we are and why we are, that expands our horizons, that makes us completely rethink our destiny in this cosmos and our place in the grand design just once in a lifetime but while we're all waiting for that podcast to be invented why not give a listen to hey kids comics Hey Kids Comics is a smart, fresh, and hilarious podcast that looks at all kinds of fun and interesting topics related to the ever-evolving world of the comic book art form. You can find Hey Kids Comics at apleyland.podomatic.com. That's Hey Kids Comics. Sorry. This book is to be neither an accusation nor a confession, and least of all, an adventure. For death is not an adventure to those who stand face to face with it. It will try simply to tell of a generation of men, who even though they may have escaped shells, were destroyed by the war. This July 28th, In Country, a podcast covering Marvel Comics' The Nom, presents... All quiet on the Western Front. I'm Tom Panneries, and to commemorate the centennial of the First World War, I will be dedicating a special episode to Eric Maria Remarque's all-time classic war novel, 
Along with a look at the novel, I will discuss two film adaptations and then take a quick glance at poetry and songs of the war to end all wars. That's this July 28th at incountry.podomatic.com. And we're back. And as always, we're going to go start into our coverage of Green Lantern, starting with Green Lantern number 108, which was cover dated January of 1999 and released on November 11th of 1998. This information, of course, comes from the ever-popular, ever-wonderful Mike's Amazing World of DC Comics. Find it at dcindexes.com. The cover price was $1.99 US and $3.25 Canada. Man, Canada's getting pooched on the price difference here. The title was Our Mother's Names. The guest writer this time out was Eric Luke. Penciler was Daryl Banks again. Inker Terry Austin. Colorist Rob Schwager. Letterer Kurt Hathaway. And editor Kevin Dooley. Our story opens on a tiny speck of fungal material, obviously residing on some steaming pile of manure. The camera pans out to show that, unfortunately I was wrong, and the microbial mycoid was actually inhabiting the eyeball of Jenny Lynn Hayden, the former model and current Green Lantern. Jenny is spending her time in her real-world job, which I guess has something to do with taking pictures of the junk of some hunky guys in swimsuits in order to take her mind off her sweet babu, Kyle, who's being out in space trying to recruit a new Green Lantern Corps. Something freaky goes on with one of the roses that one of the models tries to hand to her, and Jenny transforms into her Green Lantern uniform. Witnessing the plants go all, Feed me, Seymour! Jenny realizes that this must be the work of her supposedly deceased mother, the Golden Age villainess, Thor. Jenny gets thrown out the window of the modeling agency and tries to stop the growth of the creeping vine with a ring construct magnifying glass to cook it like you would ants, because a beam from a green lantern ring wouldn't do that on its own. That approach being less than successful, the vines coalesce into a female form and taunt Jenny, saying that she will eventually kill her and that her name is Spore. Confused by the encounter, Jenny heads to the one person who would have intimate knowledge of the former villainess, the guy who in the Golden Age hit that, and her father, Alan Scott. Jenny tells her dad about the attack, and Alan says that Thorne was dead, but that initially Wonder Woman had taken her to Paradise Island and cured her of her evilness. But for some reason, when Thorne tried on Alan's Green Lantern ring on their honeymoon, she went all bonkers again and running off and after getting pregnant with baby Todd Jenny. Sorry to bring up such a touchy subject with her strangely aging father, Jenny heads out to try and get more information from Wonder Woman. Reaching Gateway City, it doesn't take long for Jenny to find the Amazonian princess, who seems a little surprised in finding Green Lantern who isn't Kyle. After the moment of hippie dippiness, Wonder Woman asks Jade why she sought out why she sought her out, and she asked Wonder Woman about taking Thorne to Paradise Island for some an Amazonian shock therapy. Wonder Woman says that was her mother, and none of that happened, because on Earth 2, this doesn't exist in this timeline. So, the duo used Diana's Morpho Egg that she makes her invisible jet out of to ring up Queen Hippolyta. Obviously, there's some sort of time difference between Gateway City and Themyscaria, as they have to awake Hippolyta up from her nap. But when they do, they ask her about Thorn, and she says that Rose Canton was studying an ancient plant with a Dr. Hollis, which made her all cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Hippolyta says that she needs her beauty sleep and hangs up, leaving the two heroines to try and find out more info about Hollis's work on the JLA Watchtower. 
After a transport up to the moon and an uncomfortable conversation about the teleporter process making them feel happy in their lady parts, Jenny and Diana search for some info on the work of Dr. Hollis. The two find that the research was compiled by his daughter, Constance Hollis, who also happens to live in New York. The two head back to the Orgasmatron, sorry, the teleporter, but are confronted by a shirtless harpoon hand Aquaman who asks who the intruder is. Wonder Woman vouches for the new Grand Lantern, then decides to take a couple of extra long teleportations before they reach their destination. Wink. Reaching their destination, presumably after changing their undergarments, are two heroines in her Hollis's lab to find her dead body and her soul bonded to the mystical plant life. Hollis slash Spore attacks the duo, claiming that their death will be revenge for the death of her mother. With neither of them able to have any effect on the pesky plant, Wonder Woman calls on Gaia, the Earth Mother, to act as a broad-spectrum herbicide. Answering her disciples' prayers, a green hand bursts from the ground, and the goddess of nature touches the wicked weed, stopping her rampage. Crisis averted, Diana and Jenny share a congratulatory hug, but sadly not a congratulatory mutual sponge bath, as Wonder Woman flies off to a new and presumably zanier era in her own comic The End. And there we go with episode or issue 108 of Green Lantern. Jay, what kind of notes do you have on this one? You want to start with the cover? How's that mm-hmm. sound? Yeah, right. that's that okay. would be good. I like the cover. It's I do, I do too. I like. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily um, super spectacular. I mean, like, just. I mean, like, it's a good cover. But I think the thing that really stuck out to me most is, um, uh, since the cost the costume that Jade is wearing is basically the you know Hal, Hal Jordan's costume from. From from the Silver Age, but it's um you know it's on a lady. But it, I just make me think how much I actually do, really like that costume and how how nice of a design that Gil Kane did mm-hmm. on that all the way back. We we commented on this in the last episode, which unfortunately hasn't been released yet because I record these well in advance. But on the last episode, Thomas DJ and I commented on how good Jenny looks in the classic Green Lantern costume. It's just. It, it, the the look of it is like I said very classic and it really does well on the female form uh, and uh, Jenny is rocking the uh, lantern costume quite well. Wonder Woman looks pretty good as well. Um, her waist is a bit thin with the sort of I guess you'd call that girdle around it, but she's mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. I guess you know whatever her uh, form looks like, you know she can she can manage that. You know, it looks a little bit, I mean, I think the thing is even more than that, it just said it looks a little bit weird, especially since it's, uh, I mean, it's supposed to be like a, a, a piece of armor or whatever. And it sort of, it sort of looks like, you know, like, cause an actual piece of armor, you know, it's a piece of metal and it doesn't, it doesn't move. But in that one, it kind of, it kind of looks like her torso and, or I mean her, her, her lower torso and her upper torso are, that's like two different pieces and it, um, that doesn't really make any sense if you look at it really hard 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will admit that is a bit wonky. The The thing is, sadly, I've gotten sort of accustomed to Paul Pelletier's art in the book. So when Daryl Banks comes back to do the art, I'm just I'm not as enthused with it as I was at the beginning when he started out around issue 50. So, I mean, it's not bad again, but it's just a bit wonky. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. But, um, so I will say there were some issues in the, I'm not in this one, but in the, in the, in the next story where there are, are some points where I'm like, where Paul Pelletier's are actually is a little bit distracting. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> in like in important moments, but that's 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 not for now yet. Yeah. Um, but but um, and I'm wondering almost like it's I, I'm wondering if it's like maybe Terry Austin had an off day or something too because I'm looking at I mean I, I mean just uh, at looking at the issue as a whole like there are some parts where like the ink I mean like it looks like either I don't know like one of them was not not doing too well because. Uh, because there's like stuff I mean, like there's parts where you're like oh this part looks good and this part does not look good and yes like, there's uh... yeah i've had i've had issues with terry austin as an inker for this book which is sad because terry austin is is a competent inker and he's done some amazing stuff but in these past few books i don't know whether he's rushed whether he's had a lot of jobs to work on at the same time but a lot of times his inking in the green lantern books just hasn't been up to his normal standards mm-hmm and, and I think that may also just be um, at a level where, you know, there's some inkers and some pencilers don't work together a, as well. Like, I mean, I, I don't like Klaus Jansen is really great on John Romita Jr. and Frank Miller. But there are a lot of artists that I have, you know, seen Klaus Jansen really mess up and, you know, that I am like, oh, why did they pair those two together and, and things like that? I mean, and I think. Maybe this is, um, this is a case maybe where Austin is is doing that too. I yeah, think. It, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Is Austin may not be the best inker for these two uh, pencilers. You know, uh, I agree. Sometimes people work well together, and I don't think this is the best example of it. Mm-hmm. Um, moving into the book, page yeah, one, yeah. we get that sort of uh, microcosm, <sighs> you know, fading away view. And yeah, thank you for reminding me that my body is covered with millions of tiny microbes just crawling all over me. That's uh, the, they do a good job depicting the sort of the ickiness of all of it going on. But you know, when you pan out to see that it's this little speck of plant life residing on Jenny's eye, uh, uh, that's gross. I don't know. I, I, that that didn't that didn't bother me. I, mean, I think it's a really beautifully drawn sequence. And yes, I understand that upsetting part and because i like like this whole issue has a really kind of it makes me makes me think of uh like alan moore swamp thing or something like just just like the creepiness of plants and that plants are actually terrible horrible horrible and terrifying Mm -hmm. but like i don't know if it really hit me on this page i was just like ooh, this is really pretty and like i like the way that the you know the panel progressions i mean like there's gonna be stuff like as it goes on where there's like oh like especially like almost anything that spore says is like terrifying like it's like ew ah yeah nah. but but like this th- that didn't bother me so much but well it's well i guess maybe something that uh, might bother you is the artwork on the next page on page two this is where i think the inking 
gets just really bad. If you're looking at most of the shots in here, especially on the the first sort of big splash, the inking around the character is just incredibly thick. And then you get to that one little uh, sort of inset, the third inset panel down there of the sort of top-down view of the guy. It just looks bad. The artwork looks bad. And also there's a picture of a close-up of some guy's junk as well. So that doesn't really do all that much for me. Yeah. And there's, a lot, and there's you know, this guy says... His prominently portrayed posterior. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's about as good as I'm going to get. I'm not going to try that yeah. again. Well, but, but you like, know... there's, I mean, like, there's like a very, I mean, it's it's the coloring makes it a little bit more in shadow, but like there is like just, you know, dudes, dudes butts and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like it doesn't bother me, but I think it's kind of interesting to see something like that in. Uh, well, I mean, we get the kind of thing you don't see maybe so much. We get plenty of cheesecake for Jenny in the in the book, you know. Might as well have a little bit for the ladies as well if they're reading this. I've got to uh-huh. say on the next page, on page three, the the guy giving Jenny the flowers there, he's he's rocking the Swayze mullet. So good on him, you know. The fact that the late '90s and he's uh still going after the Swayze look, so mm. kudos to him. And, but, I don't know. He makes me think more of Kurt Russell, but maybe. But, yeah, I could see but that. But I think, sort but I don't know. I guess I think both of them are Captain Ron era. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I think both of them are are fairly, fairly similar. I think. I mean, in in looks wise, not like. You know. Yeah, but on the same page, Jenny, uh, when she transformed to Green Lantern, there is something wrong with her waist, especially on the on her right side. Because if you look, there's that sort of weird curve, and her hip is just pointy. Mm-hmm. I, oh no, I just noticed that right now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, that's it, it, it's like yeah, her her um, I don't even know if I mean, like the waist actually maybe it's not that bad so much as yeah. the um yeah it looks the, like the rib her pelvis. Ca- the rib oh, oh yeah her, oh that oh well, that too yeah, yeah her the, rib cage is you know it looks like it's <laughs> collapsed in. And then her her hip or her pelvis seems to be pointing out. Yeah. It's very angular. It's just weird look. So like, yeah, like like her breasts and her rib cage are pointing in different directions, and it's like it uh. doesn't work. It doesn't. I mean, like not that. I mean that they they move and stuff, but like they should be kind of sort of the one. And then like it, it's just bizarre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then the artwork gets even more wonky on the next page, uh, panel three. We get. Uh, oh wait, sorry. Like, which page, what page are we? Uh, page we're on four? page four. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The the third panel there, we get almost blow up doll Jenny. I mean, the wide eyes and the gaping mouth. It's just a weird art panel there. Oh yeah, just the whole. I mean, like I don't even. Yeah, the whole. F- I mean, like yeah. Again, like it's just everything is pointing different directions. Like her mouth and her nose and her eyes are all. Different, yeah. and then it's just like brah, open mouth. Yeah, it's so very odd. You know the fu- the fight scene between her and the the weird spore going on is is nice. There's some dynamic poses, some dynamic action, but a lot of times art just looks a bit off. Um, I really didn't have any more uh, notes until she finished off the fight and uh, went to meet with Alan. Do you have anything in between there? Uh, I thought it was a nice thing. In in that fight though, where she's she's having trouble with uh, dealing with the spore um, 
creature that that is it does kind of show the idea that and that maybe I mean that has been kind of gone I mean since since Kyle started as Green Lantern that the idea that you know not even just that the yellow weakness is is silly but the idea that actually just needing to concentrate is actually uh can be a problem i think and that's actually just as good of a weakness or a uh, a downside to the to the green lantern ring that it is uh you really gotta you really gotta be be there and like especially someone with add and stuff like <laughs> I, I can i i feel her pain and i was like oh wait was i doing that no um, and then and then she, you know and she gets you know gets stuck because oh yeah she, she just totally forgot and but that's you know and so mm-hmm. i think that's the or actually, actually remember the, um uh on on page five i just really like that she decided to make a giant magnifying glass and burn it like you know there's something i, I mean like that's some something it, it's clever that I, I enjoyed it's clever but again your green lantern I guess that's just her being a bit elaborate. I mean, because in the end, it does more harm than good because she ends up burning off a part of the building. I mean, you would think yeah. some sort of, you know, uh, just a beam might have been better. But, you know, it's her being using constructs and creating things. So it's it's her trying out the idea of being Green mm-hmm. Lantern. Oh yeah, and and I guess I think as on 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 page on page six, it really is. Okay, like that's kind of the the you know Alan Moore Swamp Thing kind of thing where it's just like, you know, <laughs> it would be so simple to let you inhale the tiniest bit of me and explode your lungs with a glorious burst of growth, but I want to enjoy your confusion, your suffering until I wrap a cool vine around you and squeeze your hot pumping blood to a standstill. Like that just makes that just makes my blood run cold when yeah, I read that's... that. It's like. Ugh, skin crawling like that is a very dark moment and what is normally considered to be a a pretty you know just a pretty fun book not not such dark book so yeah but i I, I guess we'll see i I don't know about that though because i mean if you think about it you know go back to all the i mean throughout the history of at least since kyle's been on it and probably before that too but i mean there's a lot has been a lot of like serious stuff that's happened to the characters and that has you know they've had to deal with and that are creepy like i mean uh, you know yeah uh as as much as you know it it may have led to bad things like you know the alex in the refrigerator like things like that like that's that's not super fun not super fun but i mean i think and i think that but i think this shows um I think the thing that I like to see in, in comics where they don't, I mean, they don't have to be so uh, just in with the, the grim and gritty and whatever, but they also don't have to just be fluffy either. Like they can do, they can deal with, you know, they can, yeah. they can be scary. They can be all, they can be all kinds of things. And I like, you know, it's, it's, it's refreshing to have things where it is. Well, and it's, you go through all sorts of emotions at that you know it's not just it's not just super happy fun time or god this is really depressing it, 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 there's a whole range of things it strikes know. a good balance yes um page anyway. 7 
I don't know why they replaced uh, Alan Scott with a uh, then-current Jerry Mathers, but uh, whatever. Because Alan just looks all kinds of wonky on these panels. I mean, he doesn't look like the Alan that I've seen in previous issues. He doesn't even look like the Alan. Uh, It just looks bad. I'm not impressed with... You know, and it's sad because I like Daryl Banks as an artist, but maybe this is just an off time for the book, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not very good. Mm-hmm. And then, I think I think um, I think kind of maybe the point is because as we as we go on, like on the next I mean, on the next page where like they I mean, it's all all kind of tying back into the Heart of Darkness miniseries where they're talking about where where she she lost her powers and he uh, started aging again or whatever. And then we on the next page, like where it actually does say that, um, you know, she's, she, she suddenly realized he's losing his hair and, mm-hmm. and things. And I think it's banks is trying to do that. And I think it, on the one level, it, 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 uh, it succeeds in making him look old or, but it, yeah, he looks really weird. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't, uh, my next note is on page nine, where Wait. she encounters. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just I just want to like go off on the on the this. I, I don't know if it, this story is like where where it came from. Like if it was a Green Lantern quarterly thing or a in the JSA or Infinity Inc. I don't know. But the story about or or maybe it just uh, Eric Lute decided to have it here. I, I'm not sure. But the story about. Um, Alan and Thorne's wedding night is that is a bummer. <laughs> that is, I well, mean, I mean, like that's, I mean, like and that's just really like just that's oh, you know, I mean, I guess you know, in, in a universe where things go, I mean, that's the kind of thing that will happen. But you know that it I was just well, like re- reading it, and I was like, I'm, I feel so sad for Alan and for everybody, and it's just like. Oh, it's just one of those things that you just have to keep your, you know, unearthly powerful uh, superheroic weapons away from your spouse on the honeymoon night. There's there's just a moral to that, I guess. So don't let your wife wear your Green Lantern ring on your honeymoon night. It will make her go crazy and have to be taken away to uh, Paradise Island. But uh, speaking of Paradise Island, we uh, get the uh, one of the denizens of that Wonder Woman coming in on the next page. And. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I know Eric Luke is is now at the current time is going to be penning Wonder Woman. And I guess he's taken over after John Byrne finished his run on the book. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would really like this era of Wonder Woman. It, it feels a little different, uh, especially on this page. She gets in a, you know, uh, in that four from that fourth to the fifth panel. She has a really big mood swing, uh, you know, when Jenny says, uh, hey, are you upset? You and she just, you know, kind of, you know, gets this look on her face of anger and frustrations and ask her, you know, why am I not allowed to have my own feelings? It's just mm-hmm. it feels out of place for the Wonder Woman character. I know she just seems to be all over. Yeah. And I, th- I think I don't know. Where, um, I-, I think this may just be him. Uh, you know, getting into step in it, and maybe it's just because his first—it's his—I think, I mean, it might maybe his first time writing the character. I mean, he's probably done the, uh, or or it may not. I don't know. I mean, he may have already had a bunch of issues of the 
uh, Wonder I, Woman series. And I don't know, but like it, it, it could be, and because it, it, it feels like a little rough. But I think honestly, um, after having read this, I I really actually want to go in and read those issues because it. I mean, yes, I, I think you're right. This moment feels off, that one in particular. But I think overall, it kind of. Uh, as the whole the whole story goes on, I feel like uh, he finds her character, and like that's I don't know. And I mean, it reminds me of the, I guess the wonder the modern Wonder Woman stuff that I really like, like uh, Greg Rucka's run and and Gail Simone's run and things okay. like that. But I but I don't I don't I mean maybe I'm just seeing things that I want to see, hmm. but. I see. I mean, I don't know. Maybe as we go through, maybe I'll, I'll change my mind, or okay. I'll, or I'll uh, change yours. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. see. But I, I mean, I think there's. I I certainly thought that there was a. Okay. A thing, but um, but maybe it's not. You know. Moving to the next page. The, this is one of the pages where I would I would posit to you has some of the you know has the compare and contrast of the art styles in the book if you look at the top couple of panels especially again with jenny with the blow-up doll face again it just looks all wonky but then down the bottom two panels you've got some great facial expressions and wonder woman on that last panel just looks amazing so i it it kind of befuddles me how they can take how banks and Austin can do such great artwork and such poor artwork in the span of just, you know, a couple of panels. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it, the one thing that I've liked about Pelletier is he seems to do expressions really well and banks mm-hmm. never really seem to be all that good at doing expressions, but the Jenny's expression in that fourth panel there just looks great. That sort of, you know, eyes squinted and, you know, kind of pondering what's going on type look it just looks good and wonder woman in the next panel looks amazing so it's it's just kind of disappointing yeah i I will say you know as having had you know some experience drawing comics I, i will say that as as much as i totally agree with you that it's it's really frustrating as a reader um that kind of i mean like consistency honestly is maybe the hardest part for a lot of people, I think um, mm. that you know, or or, or for me anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe well, and it's it's sad that we you know from what would be considered two very talented artists that we get this lack of consistency, you know, uh, especially on this single page. So that's just kind of disappointing. My next note doesn't come until page thirteen. Do you have anything? It's the page where uh, they sign off talking with Hippolyta. Do you have anything until then? Oh, I don't know. I guess I just said like on that particular page, like um, I think that was really a, a lot of these this stuff that I really resonated with me uh, as far as as Wonder Woman as a character and and Jade as a character and uh, that that felt that felt a lot more right than the other stuff and um, it felt like you know hit, hitting the core of them and it also was that made me sort of feel like. Oh, these these girls are speaking my mind okay. <laughs> a little bit. I'm mean, like it was uh, that I could really, I don't know, latch on to like in in a way of just the be the being not necessarily an outcast, but just like being in a 
you know, in a weird place and okay. being in weird situations and people treat you weird. Mm. But, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, we'll see. Okay. I'm sorry, but. No, no, no. Yeah, where, where were you? No, I was on, no. I was going on to page 13 and uh, Hippolyta okay. mentions that uh, Thorn uh, was working on uh, a route that was, uh, and she was studying it with a Dr. Hollis. And I've got to assume that this is obviously going to be Alec Hollis, who, uh, you know, we mentioned Swamp Thing earlier in the show. I've got to assume that it, uh, this has something to do, you know, obviously with Alec and Swamp Thing, mm. because there's also a reference to to Swamp Thing later in the book and the green and all that. So they're yeah. they're putting a but bunch it, of references. It's it's actually it's not though. Oh, it isn't. No. Uh, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Like that was what I well actually what I was thinking when I said because um was of uh, Ted Salas, you know the the man thing obviously the uh, the marvel counterpart of that and i was like mm-hmm. for some reason i was thinking that was the name of him but i mean it's alec holland, holland. oh dear but yes. but you know that there are are two characters that i know of that are uh have the last name hollis uh one of which is uh mr uh, mr immortal from the great lakes avengers and the um and marvel's uh trucking hero that we did not do a podcast about <laughs> razorback buford d hollis but none of those are are, are, are so, uh, studying it, of plant life so maybe maybe he did just go and be like okay i'm just gonna you know i'll, I'll just stick the names of of uh ted salas and alec holland together and make a name i i, need to, <laughs> I need to turn in my comic book geek card i should have known it was holland and not hollis so, uh, uh, yeah and the, and then also in my mind i'm thinking i'm like christmas and hollis is playing but that's yeah. that's another story <laughs> but um uh and also i love that they they use the mental radio because like that is um i mean because i it was just, and we've talked about before, I think that that um I've you know been reading some of the the earliest Wonder Woman comics for my blog, and like that is I mean I that is very much a part of a lot of those stories, and like it's I mean it's one of those things that they like unlike the Invisible Plane and the Magic Lasso and stuff like nobody brings back the mental radio, but they did. And it, it really awesome. It warmed my heart when I saw it and I was like, Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and then next we'll have out candy on the line and oh, all the not, sorority girls. And, and then we'll have them, uh, 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 distract a bunch of Nazis. It'll be great. Um, anyway, candy. Um, <laughs> page 14. Uh, again, I hate to keep ripping on the art. But in panel two, Jade mm-hmm. and Wonder Woman, their their forms just look way, way too off. Their waist look way too skinny. The facial features are fine, but their bodies just look like their internal organs are being mm-hmm. compacted in upon themselves. Mm-hmm. And then fin- and they look and they look bad in a different way than they looked bad earlier too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like it's all skinny and weird and like other Whereas, I mean, like there was other stuff going on, but like it's different kinds of anatomy problems. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and, and then oh. at the bottom of the page, we see the, the close-ups of their faces, especially Jade's on that last. Oh, so weird. Right. I mean, like that's just the, I mean, it's so black and like the weird, the, I'm like that doesn't the, even look like Terry Austin inked it. Cause like, I cannot believe 
he would ever draw a line that thick. No, it's it's really, really awful. And it's also kind of uncomfortable with them talking about the whole idea that the Oh, I love that. I'm sorry. I thought that was... I mean, like, I I am... uh, (laughs) I I thought it was nice to have... I mean, like, to have them have, like, you know... Because I've heard girls talk... I mean, I'm like about things like this and in in passing it and it felt i mean it felt like a real thing i'm like i'm not sure i mean like in wonder woman it's kind of like uh wait no stop 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 talking about that and like you know like (laughs) well see i can see it feels it feels like you know it's i can see jade conversing about that and talking about that but wonder woman's reaction to it being sort of uh stern and dismissive was just kind of it, it it felt sort of out of place at least That's true. I'm like, it is, it is maybe a little, I'm like, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, like, uh, you know, she was, she was created by William Martin, bleh, William Moulton Marston. So like, maybe she should be a little bit more sexually open than this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like maybe one she would, should not say, don't talk about, don't talk about. One would think is you're like, oh, we'll talk, talk about it more. Talk about it more in a slow voice. <laughs> um, the next page, page 15. Again, I hate, I hate harping on the art, but we just get such inconsistency. Oh, like, it's like the Aquaman face? Oh, it's Aquaman is just man. bad. Just, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then there's the great panel, though, on the, in the, uh, on the bottom half, like where yes. Jade is like like leaning on her thing, she's like, and she's got that "Jeez, tool. I hate this so much." Stupid mm-hmm. Aquaman, he's the worst. <laughs> she's, it was just a great expression. I, yeah, I'm wondering it's... if that's maybe like a thing, like where maybe Austin is adding something in, or what? Like maybe he's tweaking what was there to make it better. I don't know. I don't know because. Just the disparity in the art and these and from panel to panel is just maddening. I don't know how mm-hmm. they can get away with it. It's and like I said, it's sad because Terry Austin is a good inker and it should be better than this. After that, I really don't have uh, really many notes. That's it's a good fight sequence. It's a lot of creepiness going on with a uh, with this spore character and you know the idea of. Uh, here on page seventeen, when they're where Wonder Woman and Jenny are fighting them, uh, you know she says, you know, watch out, the spores can get into your lungs, into your skin. I mean, that's got to be unnerving to mm-hmm. to think about having to fight something like that that can that can burst you from the inside simply by just getting it on you. Uh. Mm-hmm. I do like honestly see that she actually is kind of I don't know. It's starting to look. I mean, because before she was just doing more more simple things and more things, but like actually that the the sword that she's wielding in the in the on on uh, page seventeen, like it actually it, it almost feels like oh she's she's come back she's come into her own again again like it 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 looks almost like a like a Kyle thing or something. Yeah, she I almost. think she was kind of uh, overcoming the sort of initial uh, because. In the last issue, when she had it, she really didn't do all that much with the ring. I think all she really created was like an image of her brother and like a, a giant anvil to knock this uh, one enemy out. But yeah, now she's getting a bit more adept with using the ring to make constructs. Mm-hmm. And I, you've got to think there's a bit of a learning curve from her doing it naturally from her own energy and then using the ring. But you know, she's getting she's obviously progressing a lot better throughout the mm-hmm. book. Uh, the artwork, for the most part, during the fight looks good. 
Uh, there are a few moments. Uh, you know, um, I've I've moved on to page nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bottom panel there, the I think I guess the fifth panel where Jenny's screaming and the it looks like the stuff's getting ready to enter her. Yeah, uh, that's mouth. that's the real, I mean like that's a really terrifying thing where um uh where she's got like the her the dial or the narration boxes. Then I make my worst mistake. I breathe in and just like. Mm-hmm. They've they've built he's built it up so much at this point that like when she says it's just those three words, I breathe in and like it's terror. It, mm-hmm. it's great. Like that's well, And the art and the artwork on the next panel just displays that with her mouth wide open and screaming in her eyes. And this is where the art really gets good. I mean, that's a that's like a horror movie poster. It's that's a horror movie shot there with this mm-hmm person screaming it's just really and, and it's not but it's funny because it's not that much different than some of like the blow-up doll things that we were yeah, commenting on before but like it's just that little extra bit of of effort and like uh things and and just making sure that all the things go together right that it's it makes such a difference i think i think the the more fine detail of the inking the less thickness except around like the the hairline and everything i think mm-hmm. is what sells it because yeah you look at those ones where we said the blow up doll ones and the inking around that is really thick and i think that obscures the pencils here it looks a lot better with with uh-huh. a lighter touch on the inking i i will say though she has a really wrinkly forehead <laughs> Well, she's she's got kind of furrowed brow, so we'll we'll yeah, yeah. Out with that. Um, the whole idea, uh, you know, I don't know about you. I guess I guess it's because I equate Wonder Woman with the classic Greek or Roman gods that her praying to Gaia, the Earth Mother, just felt a little a little weird to me. And the fact that you know the how, entire... how so? I mean, like it is. I mean, it is like. I, I don't. This, I just don't I mean, see them in the same I mean, pantheon. A, I don't see that. I, I see well, them in a different they pantheon. Are. So uh, I, th- I mean, know. like there's a Gaia in uh, uh, one of them, huh. Greek or Roman. I can't remember which. But yeah, like well, they, they, I'm if, pretty if, sure there is. I then <laughs> if that's so, then uh, I'll, I'll give her a pass. But I I do find it amusing that that these two superheroes save the day by praying. So well, at least well, Wonder, well, well, no, Wonder Woman is, but like, I, and I think, and um, and and Jade saves the day by forgiving her mother for being horrible. Well, that works well, as well. Well, this, I mean, because I mean, I mean, like, I'm not misreading that, right? I mean, it's basically, no. she's she's finally realizing that, oh, you know, her her mother. I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, like, our, like our mothers' names or whatever that kind of whatever that you know, she's finally starting she may not completely understand why her mother did the things that she did, but like she can forgive her for them even, even though, and like, that's, that's a nice, a nice thing, I think. Well, and you, we get a, we get a kind of nice ending at the end and the artwork takes another step up on, on the final page, I guess, page 22, that, uh, that third panel, uh, the picture of Wonder Woman smiling, Mm-hmm. that's just great that's uh, just classic. just warms my heart it makes me feel good well and it's it's everything. always <laughs> after what we've seen of wonder woman and i'm i'm thinking more of the infinite crisis era wonder woman we didn't see her smile all that much and it's nice to see a happy joyful friendly wonder woman every once in a while and i i like this and it's another great piece of art and you know 
the two hugging. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of girly, but it, it's nice. It works in the book, and it, it also helps cement the fact that I think that Wonder Woman is giving some credence to Jenny as being Green Lantern now. So I mm-hmm. I like the way the book ending. There was a bit of wonkiness with the art, but overall, yeah, like that's the thing. I'm like, that's the thing. Like I I really really enjoyed the story of this. Even I mean, like that that it was. And like it, it felt like it was, you know, it wasn't just the guest star story that's all about the guest star or it's about the main character where the guest, you know, it's just all of the guest star is being a dick to the main character or saying how awesome the main character is. And shouldn't you like them, too? Uh, just like just like Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman does. Like, it's not it's not like that. It's it's. I don't know. It's really yeah. It's the two working together. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not the one person coming in and saying, "Oh, look at how awesome this person is," and you should be reading this book. It's not one of those sort of gratis uh, character guest spots where it's supposed to like this. This book is failing. We need to get someone in to help it out to boost the ratings. This is an actual story because I know back when they did the uh, Dead Man crossover uh, in Green Lantern that kind of felt like it was a dead man story that just green lantern happened to be passing by and you know being a part of so this mm-hmm. actually works a lot better yeah i was wondering though is this is this the is this the first issue that um or since, since ron mars started that it was written by somebody else i think so i'm trying to remember yeah i'm pretty certain i don't think ron mars has written I, I think he's pretty much written all of the stories in, in Greenlander proper up to this. I'm trying to remember. Oh, I just saw I was injured. I'm like, I was like, hmm. yeah. Cause that's a, that's a run of like a hundred and or like 50 since 50 to one Oh seven. So yeah. Or did a, he start? Did he start? Did he start at 49? Um, no, he may have started at 48 because I think oh, he took yeah, over. Yeah. 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 He took yeah. over, uh, after, uh, Gerard Jones left and he started the uh, Emerald Twilight uh, storyline. So yeah, so 48, 49, 50, he started at 48. So almost 60, 60 issues right in the book with no uh, stop. So just one sort of fill-in issue and uh, a fill-in issue that was written by the guy who was going to be writing the Wonder Woman book. So it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think the nice thing about this, so like it doesn't feel, I, I'm glad that it does. It doesn't feel off. Like it, it, it feels I mean, like maybe it's not quite the same as a Ron Morris Marsh issue, but it feels, you know, in the in the spirit of that, and it doesn't like, it's not jarringly tonal tonally different, which mm-hmm. is nice. Yeah, that's true. Well, if you don't have any more notes on this, Jay, I'm gonna say thank you for coming on the show, and I'd like to see if you'd be willing to come on uh, for next week's show if you'd be willing to do that. Gee, I don't know. Can I make the time? <laughs> okay you know that we're recording this immediately after so don't just oh i'm sorry did ruse. i break the illusion i broke, yes. I broke kayfabe oh there, no there was an illusion oh. um do you want to go ahead and tell people what you're doing Superheroes out there on the internet fake. i'm sorry what <laughs> do you want to do you want to go ahead and tell people what you're um, doing out there on the internet so yeah i'm still still working on my, my thing that i got it's called double the it's called uh, double action review and it's unfortunately i have not you know gotten as much you know it 
it's still a work in progress and I'm just I, I just want want people to know that I am still work still working on it and I, I didn't just give up. I am just trying to make sure that I have the best best that I have something coming out that's good and that will come out on time. Like say they, this one wonderful podcast that is uh, uh, so so timely all the time. It, it, it helps so when I record like you know three weeks in advance. So that's that, true. That well, yeah, gets but, but, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, like I have like I'm I'm doing like way. I have a lot of <laughs> you know I like a lot of stuff to do and like and it's you know so yeah it'll okay. it'll it'll come when it comes and i hope that people enjoy it when when they do i was like yes um well, comics from throughout all of the decades and uh most of them are ones i think that i mean there will be things that may be problematic that we might talk about but i think overall that there are things that are pretty great and that are worth reading and hopefully that uh, I can help uh, help you enjoy them even more. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, thanks again, Jay. We will uh, obviously see you in one week, and we'll see you listeners. Well, we technically won't see you. Hopefully your listeners will listen to us in a week, and we'll be coming back with issue 109 of Green Lantern on the next episode of Just One of the Guys. So we'll see you in seven days, folks. Have a good weekend. You've been listening to Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast, hosted by yours truly, Sean Ingram. All images, stories, and music are copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. This podcast is done solely out of my desire to show the tendencies of the internet that comic books can be fun, humorous, compelling, thought-provoking, and exciting, while not having to fall into the weary tropes of the 1990s. I'm not in any way doing this for monetary gain, which irritates my wife to know it. All feedback for the show can be sent to the show's Gmail account at justoneoftheguyspodcast at gmail.com. All feedback, positive and negative, is warmly welcomed. All spam bots are warmly welcome, too, as long as your definition of a warm welcome is for them to die horribly in a fire. The website address for the show can be found at the brand new Two True Freaks website, located at twotruefreaks.com. There you can find the RSS feed, as well as scans of the covers and whatever else I feel like putting up. Look for me on iTunes. Just search for Just One of the Guys podcast or search for Two True Freaks, the new rule two. And you can subscribe to either the show or Two True Freaks there. You can also search me on Facebook. And now you can actually find me there, as it was a requirement of my new DeMontecourt contract. But it still doesn't mean that I'll be joining your little Mafia Wars group anytime soon. Thanks for downloading and listening, and come back next Friday for another episode of Just One of the Guys, a Greenlander podcast. The opening music for today's show comes from The Churches, off their album Bones of What You Believe, and the song was entitled The Mother We Share. If you'd like to get this song which it is a great song, the best place to go get it would be Amazon.com. And the best way to get to Amazon.com is to go through the link at TwoTrueFreaks.com. If you go to TwoTrueFreaks.com and click on the Amazon banner located in the upper left corner of the homepage, you'll be transported to Amazon.com where you could buy the album of the churches, buy the MP3 single, or buy whatever you'd like. Be it videos, movies, electronics, games, there's tons of stuff on Amazon. 
And every time you use the link at twotruefreaks.com, a small amount of money goes back to help pay for the website. It won't cost you anything extra, and it really, really helps us out. So anytime you feel like doing some shopping for electronics or shopping on Amazon, make sure you use the link at twotruefreaks.com.